Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. This is Nadia. And this is Ellie. We have someone back who I'm so excited to talk to again. Um, it's been three years. Go Hi. <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Ali Reza. And the painter who talked to you three years ago, who was going to Paris, now I'm in Paris after hey. almost three years and Ooh. happy to be with you again. Happy three years in Paris, I guess. Yeah. How's it going? Thank you. After two months. <laughs> Difficult but beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. like a good way to describe life in general, it feels like. Yes. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah. So just for anyone who's like, who hasn't heard the last episode, um, Nadia, Ellie, and I all went to this event in New York called Mark for Redaction. And Ali Reza had this incredibly impactful work um, at that event. And we, like, it just, like, struck all of us. I remember there were vegetables involved, right? Yes, um, carrots. <laughs> yes. Just kind of tell the listeners again, what were the carrots, uh, you know, symbolism and... Mm, yeah, actually, those series of drawings were the first series of drawings I've done um, during my university in Tehran. And they were like quite hidden in the very little space that I found in my university. Um, and it was a sort of self-expression toward my identity that that time I was not comfortable at all um, with my sexual identity. And even I was lost, I didn't know what truly I am. So this being not comfortable with yourself, I expressed it through some drawings that it's a person who is peeling or cutting the carrots but the position that these carrots are in it gives the expression to the audience as if the person is cutting uh, his genitals and this was the pain that I was feeling at that moment and later look, getting know, uh, to know more about the queer community I found that mm, perhaps it might be sort of similar uh, pain that maybe a trans person might have toward uh, their body and um, so yeah th this was actually my first expression toward the, what I was feeling as a queer person and actually I used drawings to express what I couldn't express through words I was afraid to talk about so I was just letting it out through like, the drawings came across really strongly like I still remember like having such a visceral reaction to those drawings <laughs> it, it um it it's I was like drawings that you can feel I was like did a trans artist do this because I was like huh I was like wait is it did a trans man or a trans woman do this and then it was neither I think it's really interesting. Um, I mean, Ellie, you've openly uh, had episodes on this, like the you like you saw this these paintings pre-surgery. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, I remember we talked about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is very interesting, even for people that they they don't have the same experience. They feel the pain. I received a lot of reactions from people that will feel the pain and I was like this is what you what I want you feel this is the pain that a lot yeah. of people feel it but you don't feel it <laughs> I right. want you to feel it yeah 
Yeah, like, even, like, no matter what someone's experience is, it seems like a lot of people had a similar reaction, which True. is really interesting. Like, people of all different, like, with all different experiences and circumstances all kind of having that same visceral reaction to this is... It's, right, inter also, it's interesting. Yeah, not just like, different identities, but also just, like, literally different bodies, you know? You think yeah. the, the ability to have physical empathy for something would be dependent on, like, having the body part that looks like that, but it's yeah. it's not. I think there's just there's yeah. something that kind of transcends that, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like everyone has their own experience of, like, being... Uh, a lot of queer people, especially, like, being having some part of their physical self not feel like that it aligns with how they feel or whatever you know, know other than that there is something also that i think because i said something very interesting that uh, she thought a uh, trans artist did it the thing is there is this um, ocean that you feel yourself in the middle and you're lost that is happening in iran because of the a situation that exists there is the government is not accepting any other um, part of the, the LGBT community. The only part that is uh, got sort of approval is the trans community. And it's not also uh, in the best condition because um, it became uh, either you do the surgery or the you're not uh, a trans person so pushing everyone toward this either you are a trans person or nothing it gives you this uncomfortable feeling that mm -hmm. you also don't know who you are and this is unfortunately what is happening a lot of people they think wow Iran is a uh, heaven for uh, trans people because they can do the surgery they can change their identity and like uh, is like the, the identity papers I mean and um, it's like uh, but the fact is there are a lot of people that they are not trans but they are receiving uh, wrong information and wrong advice and after they do the surgeries they find out this is not what they are and perhaps they commit suicide or so many things and again it adds to the negative part of what the society thinks about the stereotype of being queer uh, so there are a lot of people like there's always this negative things uh, that yeah the this cliche that they are always depressed they are they were not happy even with that body they did suicide or whatever but the fact is they they received wrong information they didn't have the chance to be who they want to be to have the appearance they want to to have just to see if it's really them or not in a country that before um, uh, doing the surgery you cannot um, wear the, the the clothes of the, the other gender is is forbidden you can be arrested you never find the chance to experiment to see is it the thing that i want to be or is it do I have to be one of these binary things? There's nothing in the middle. So I think I was at that stage. I was lost. I didn't know what I'm experimenting. I The only solution I was seeing is like, okay, if I'm not happy with 
um, having relation with um, uh, the, as any other uh, heterosexuals. So perhaps I need to be something that fits again in this heterosexual box. So this was that uncomfortable feeling that I was experimenting. Oh, okay. So it's like if there's the same gender, um, maybe attraction or relationship, there's pressure to the, mold, to physically transition to physically to, transition to fit into that. Other yeah, exactly. You, you think the only way to have the attraction uh, for, for, for the, the for men, you have to be a woman when there is everything is binary. Everything mm -hmm. is boxed in the heteronormative uh, boxes. You don't and find any other uh, way to express. And this isn't a, an attitude unique to Iran, but uh, yeah, it's basically used as another tool of oppression. Like people might look at it and like you said, and be like, oh, wow, trans rights in Iran are... Like for a, I mean, like a, little, a little segment of people who fit a very particular set of criteria. And it's not even like, it's not even all trans people because not all trans people want surgery. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. And not everyone wants to be one of these binary uh, genders. This, yeah, this is the so difficult thing. Yeah. You know what is interesting? Uh, my art was twice in the US, but I've never been there. <laughs> Another oh, project yeah. lately was there. It was in Miami, but oh, um, wow. that also, yeah, it was quite, um, it was quite successful project. Um, what was I that think, project? Actually, it was quite interesting. Imagine one day I woke up and mm -hmm. I received a message that um, someone wants to talk to me uh, regarding a project. Um, He's an ex-politician. So when he contacted me, he explained to me that they have a car mm -hmm. that I've read about it on the news before. It was all over the Iranian media because a lot of Iranian people tried to buy this car in the auction, but they didn't succeed. So the car, apparently it was a gift from the former Shah of Iran to... Uh, Nicola Ceausescu, the dictator of Romania, and it's an Iranian-made uh, car called Paycon. Uh, so the car was auctioned in Romania and bought with uh, this person. And they contacted me the, and they said they decided to start uh, an art project uh, to give this car to the Iranian artists who are in exile and who are working on the topics related to the human rights uh, in Iran. So I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, someone um, is there enough to contact a queer artist to uh, do their first project when they know their target is the Iranian society, they will definitely receive a backlash from the society. And I was so excited because everyone was excited to know what happened to this car. Now imagine it came back with a work uh, telling the story about the queer community and especially narrating the story of Ali Reza Fazali, the 20-year-old gay man who was beheaded by the men of his family in the south of Iran um, a few months ago. Uh, so it was... I was sort of like 
super excited and I was saying I'll do whatever it needs just I want to do this project <laughs> so we did it um, I've done the project the car was sent to Miami and it was unveiled in the Human Rights Foundation and the day after I started receiving all the attacks possible <laughs> on social media for a week non-stop on, on Twitter I was attacked and uh, but it was it was very difficult honestly uh, I think for an artist who is not really um you know um used to this sort of attacks for the activists they receive a lot they are sort of vaccinated <laughs> but for me it was the first time being in such a position everyone was worried about me like uh, calling me like are you okay but what i was seeing it was giving me the energy that it worked i touched a nerve uh, that the society is reacting like this and what was more interesting it was as much as the reaction was a lot from the part of the society that they considered themselves as the opposition of the government the government didn't need to interfere at that stage but later they took action and censored my project in paris which was everyone had this question exactly everyone had the same question how is it possible so uh, this is actually what is happening but no one mm, finds the chance to have a voice and talk about it uh, what happened directly for my project it was i was invited to an art fair called asia now and um, they were so excited they can show a project that people usually don't see in the Iranian art scene because they said they have eight galleries participating from Tehran and their focus is on Iran and they want to show this uh, project as a special project um, as the central work of this art fair but few days like 10 days before the opening of the art fair I received a screenshot of the person who invited me to the art, art fair which was one of the director of uh, the art fair asking me do you know about it I was like what happened so I saw the Iranian team that was doing the scenography of the um, art fair for the Iranian section they sent them the reportage of the unveiling of uh, my car in uh, Miami to them and writing this project um, it's uh, we found out unfortunately that there was a reportage on this project and they are trying to talk about the freedom of expression through uh, the art fair Asia now and they are a political organization and this is dangerous for us and there is a potential of some galleries withdraw. So mm. with this, they put pressure on the art fair, which would cost for the art fair like 50,000 euros withdrawal of two galleries, the two biggest galleries. So the art fair decided just remove me from the fair silently. So basically they just like- They just removed the me festival and- until Yeah, they, but the, the, the sad part is I was expecting I'm living in Paris in a, in France, in a country who stands for the human rights. Um, the 
equality and uh, freedom is one of the, the two, two main things that we always repeated and we are proud of. But the sad part was I was feeling the hands of those people who censored me in Iran and they are sort of the reason that I'm in exile for five years. I couldn't see my family during these five years. Again, they were pushing my neck here in Paris in a city that I thought, you know, I'm safe in. So these hands of that system that still have the power to be effective here that was very scary. And the more difficult part is how to explain this complicated situation for the Europeans that they think they are doing the right thing with collaborating with these people. Because in their mind, they were thinking, okay, they introduced us as a very dangerous political organization and just because the founder of the project is an ex-politician. And what is funny, he was the ambassador of the United States in the UN. So, you know, even it was not <laughs> somewhere very far from the human rights. And um, they just took the role of the person who saved those poor Iranians from these bad Americans. And the confusing thing was, they were not responding. And after 10 days of the letter of the director of uh, my project, Hiva Feizi, she wrote to them, explaining to them what you are doing is collaborating with the regime of Iran. The lawyer of the fair came back to us with threatening her, saying, what you said has 45,000 found and five years of prison in France. We removed this project because all the Iranian galleries signaled to the director of the fair, this is an extremely political project and this is dangerous for them. So after reading this, I posted, uh, I contacted one of the galleries that I knew from Iran and was participating. The owner of the gallery, she was not aware of what is happening. And she was surprised saying what it has to do with these people that they sent this message to them. They were just responsible of doing the scenography, even they are not a gallery or whatever. So, wow. Uh, yeah. After no, that, that is a good question. Yeah, I, yeah. I made a video though, then. Yeah. I made a video and explained what happened. Five out of eight galleries posted there on, Instagram, on their Instagram that. Uh, they were not involved in this censorship and they do not support any sort of censorship regardless of what is the art and who is the artist. Mm. So uh, after this, the art fair had to come up with a new uh, reason. So they mm. came up with their reason. Actually, they were not responding to any of the medias because in Iran, it was a huge, it, it exploded like a bomb. Everyone was talking about it. I was invited to go live on the BBC News, uh, oh BBC gosh. Persian. Look yeah, what, because... Look what impact your pieces had. God. Yeah, and, and what is funny, the art fair was not responding to any of them until they finished their art fair. And the day after, they responded to everyone that the art fair takes all the responsibility to remove this project because of the founder of the project. What is funny, my statement had nothing other than the situation of the LGBT community in Iran. 
and I was not representing any other political uh, statements. And what I was trying to say, it was whatever was your reason, you silenced an art, uh, a queer artist in exile and you silenced the voice of thousands or millions of people that they might find their voice in this work. I can say it's the first time in the history a queer artist in Iran has this the power to, to be on the media, to talk you know, out loud about the queer community through art. And they canceled this and they took this opportunity from me in Paris. And what is sad again is I was interviewed with uh, several media. They didn't let any article comes out. And yeah, this is, this is what is very interesting that when we arrive here, we are compared with many other artists that they, they've always been here. And, you know, we are judged in the same yeah. situation. But the reality is the way I came to free myself from that censorship, all what I have in the past, and today where I am standing, again, that censorship doesn't end at its borders. It continues, it follows me, it silences yeah. me in the heart of the Europe. Yeah, and it's also just like, it's just the, the, like, the, the festival itself, the way they just copped out of it and they wouldn't take any responsibility for like participating in that censorship. Yeah, and then they themselves. waited yeah. and yeah. then waiting till after the event to even acknowledge it because there's no reversing it at that point. You know, they're yeah, just they, covering they their own asses. Yeah. yeah, they were afraid if it affects mm -hmm. the, their, their uh, market. Because unfortunately, mm -hmm. I think uh, being queer artist, and if you want really to talk about the issues, mm, it's not a very the, good thing for the market because the market, the art, as long as it's something luxurious that you can make money out of it, it's perfect. But if it reaches a point that might make issues that might make trouble for them they don't want it they don't want anything you know the cancels their sales so yeah this is the difficult part of it and regard regardless of where, where where you are it always follows you yeah this reminds me ellie actually of this um i don't even remember the name of the festival i wish i did but there was this music festival our friends band was invited to and it was this huge deal but it turned out like the one of the curators was saying some really transphobic things on social media um and like it, it sounds similar to that timing like the band withdrew it so this was them deciding like we're not going to participate we don't agree with the values and it it was it was like instead of actually um addressing that or acknowledging it the festival only was thinking of their marketing um and it's like the marketing came before anyone anything else but it came before the actual artists okay you have this festival to honor artists and you clearly but like that's clearly not, not that in the end yeah. the core the core of what matters about the festival and what is so, funny there's yeah. always 
part of this, all these organizations that they want to show themselves as a supporter for the queer community. Yeah. Like what, yes. what happened in this case, it's, it's very funny. There was an Iranian photographer uh, and filmmaker participating from Tehran that her work is portraying the, the trans community. And by coincidence, I met the main director of this art fair, uh, in the Ecole de Beaux-Arts a uh, few weeks ago, uh, after all this happened, and we, we never had the chance to talk to each other directly. Uh, they were not responding, actually. I, I couldn't control myself, so I just uh, walked to her and I said, mm, you know, you remember, um, you said my project is extremely political. Last week, they executed two men in, in Iran because of homosexuality. And this is the border of politics and my body as a queer person. Just I wanted to tell you, this is not me whose work is extremely political. My being is politicized. And whatever I do as a queer person, just my existence is political. And she was like, no, believe me, we had nothing against your project. We had no, nothing against you, but those people would make put the, our team in danger and all these things. I was like, look, the problem is, my problem is the situation in Iran is more complicated than this. And you want to teach me how to look from what is happening, what is coming from my country. I already know how it works. They convinced you that you are saving them and you played their game perfectly. Yeah, there's unfortunately a perception that repressive regimes are basically very, uh, very unsubtle with their persuasion and censorship of people outside of their countries. They've learned that, well, most countries have learned that you can't you know, do direct suppression through assassination outside of your borders. However, uh, this. countries like Iran and China have learned how to do soft suppression by um, by basically appealing to people's uh, you know people's saviors complex or by threatening funding and just a lot of soft pressure it's not they're not going to say oh if you do this we'll kill you outright but let's say well, if you do this, uh, we'll have to pull funding because we've been a generous donor for 30 years to your art gallery and project, but true. But that's exactly what is happening. Yeah. And a lot of people like to champion themselves as, you know, freedom of expression champions and such, but it's not very courageous when you're about that until the money disappears. Uh, and true. maybe, I mean, I'm sure this has come up for you, but it's definitely a thing in the New York art scene and the, the US art scene. Like there's this particular interest, even like fetishization of like exiled artists um, to a, but with limitations, right? Like, especially from countries that are considered like enemies of the US, like China or Iran. And it's somehow like improves the US image to be like, we're supporting free expression of these people from these places. But then it's always like, whenever there's too much trouble, whenever their work is causing too much trouble, it, they don't, they don't really like do the work to protect them or stand by them. And it's, it, it's just this thing with these limitations, we support you to this point. Yeah, and there are, there are different limits, for example, 
um, something that what I was really shocked um, I saw one of my friends that like she's a very uh, provocative uh, artist she always works on the topics related to the feminism uh, she had a speech um, in the in the expo um, in Dubai and I found out apparently talking about the topics related to the woman rights is not a taboo anymore in the Arab countries so it's the easiest part of the human rights that everyone you know can express about it but I was questioning myself if in instead of a woman rights question it was a queer uh, person wanting to do this speech would it be again welcome in that country in that expo and the same thing is happening everywhere Uh, i think we're on a little bit of lag i didn't mean to cut you off i feel like no 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 the dubai expo i have so many questions about that dubai expo because i feel like there was just like everyone there like i know so many like dance companies that were at this expo and i feel like I don't know. Sometimes I feel like the UAE is doing such a different, like, presentational thing for the outside world versus what they actually are doing for, like, people who live there. Um, totally. Yeah. And it's almost like they're, 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 they'll do this, like, fancy, artsy expo and have these, like, progressive art foreign artists um, to send a progressive image, but that's not really reflected. You know, the in, fact like, is, inside like, inside the country. Yeah. It, it's very clear, like, what they expect and that's okay but my question is the 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 part is interesting is people that they are talking about human human rights and seeing what is happening we are just showing part of it and hiding the rest under the carpet how cooperate with it yeah this is the part that makes the trouble Mm -hmm. yeah if we are seeing if, if we are that progressive person in the human rights and everyone is following us, everyone is looking at us, if we close our eyes in the fact that, okay, we will go there, we will talk about women, but not queer women. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. And then this the, is the next step what... is when queer queer organizations won't talk about like trans issues because they're like oh that that would be pushing it too much much. yeah yeah Yeah. depending on the place right yeah Yeah. Yeah. for example for iran the the, the easiest for them is to talk about uh, trans issues because they they believe like it's the only one accepted so it's okay a lot of um, like movie directors they uh, make movies and participate in the international uh, festivals and it always exists but again it's only one face of it they never go the part that it's you know uh, perhaps uh, against what the regime wants to show right (laughs) (laughs) yeah um... but it's 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 excellent propaganda though when they can say to the western audience oh we're we're so progressive. We're all about the supporting trans people and trans rights, mm-hmm. you know, until you, you read everything else that happens. But they're more than happy to do this very selective um, uh, rainbow washing or pink washing, whatever you want to call it, uh, when it suits them because yeah, it works, you know? Yeah, and I think like Alia was saying, like, in the U.S. and a lot of places, like, supporting trans rights is considered, like, advanced 
fear. Right. It's fear, like right? it's like right? kind it's of like the, the highest opposite. level. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, and it just doesn't translate that it's um, there's a different hierarchy somewhere else. So it it, it can that people can believe it when right. it's it's presented as progressive. Which so is, I feel yeah. like we've been talking a lot about like the politics and responsibility yeah. surrounding your work. But do you want to talk a little bit more about your work itself and maybe what you're working on right now, if anything? Well, my work, as I mentioned, it's impossible to portray anything and, you know, not being political. It, it, it became political. Yeah. Uh, actually, well, one day I watched a video of um, David Wernerovich and it made me cry. It's... Um, when his work was his article was removed from an exhibition and they said we found it more political rather than artistic and you know he's saying what the fact that i might die because of aids is not political the fact that i don't have insurance is not political so i was feeling exactly the same the fact that you know just simply for being myself i'm in exile is not political um it's impossible to talk about it and what i'm going through here a place that many people might think okay when you reach to one of the european countries or to the west you're safe you have all the freedom and you just will work and uh, amplify your uh, voice but the fact is no it follows you so about me is um these things really uh, affected me, I can say. Um, it's um, For a few months, I was not able to do anything. But again, since January, I'm back um, to myself. I'm, I've decided not going a lot, uh, you know, for, um, I don't know, for wider perspective I, I i think like i'm more focused on my little step that i can have in my life here in paris so i'm focusing um to have my solo first solo exhibition in paris this year hopefully yeah and i'm applying for school uh because one of the things also i'm feeling here is very important uh, perhaps not in other um, cities but here in paris is very important that from which school you're coming from um so this is one of the things that also pushed me to try to um go to the school here and perhaps uh find out about how art school could be because it was very interesting i have the expression that when i studied art in iran it was like smelling flower under the glass so i think studying art here can remove this glass and i can smell the flower because it is funny all the uh, figurative nude masterpieces were removed from the books um for a person who's in love with figurative work the whole queer art history was gone we've never heard about it in the school so i think there are a lot of things also to learn perhaps in the school uh, and perhaps it gives me a chance to get more involved to the society so I can be effective here because one of the things that I'm really missing is in Beirut the society was sort of similar um, to what 
I lived in in Iran and I could still be provocative, I could be effective, I could make a conversation with the society, but here I have such a long distance with the society, I'm still not able to be, to be provocative for them or to feel that I can make a change, I can push the borders for the queer community here. I always feel like I'm very bad, like the things that I'm fighting for <laughs> 30 years ago here, they already uh, the, finished it. <laughs> so yeah, one of the challenges also is like, I always have in my head how I can be effective for both societies. I always feel responsible toward the um, West Asia, but in the same time, I want to be effective in the society that I'm living in, because if I want or no, um, Paris is my city and uh, France is going to be my country um, after all these um, years of being stateless. At the moment, I have no country, unfortunately, but um, one day, well, what I think, I think it's the France that would be my country. So I really want to be able to do something for it. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying about like feeling that it's just a different society and maybe it doesn't, you don't feel as provocative there. But I'd say based on what you said about your, how your work, everything that happens surrounding your work, it sounds like you have been challenging the society in France to at least around yeah I, yes I, mean. I, I guess but the thing is yeah. you know the distance is more far because yes in Iran also the but it, the, the difference maybe is the language perhaps that I could be effective with just posting a video on my Instagram uh, the whole society got engaged as much as it pushed the media that usually is avoiding to cover the the stories related to, to the queer community they contacted me to have me live on the news so but here it didn't happen because i think this distance is a lot and there are parts that they can just cut me off yeah they can put the block and i'm totally disconnected here if i don't have a you know a public media i won't have a voice I'm still not at that stage that I can be effective perhaps in my own country I see what you mean I got you mean yeah but of course I think we always try to challenge the society and at some level we challenge them but it you need to get to the like real public get to the uh, situation yeah to, to shake things up exactly what work are you thinking for your solo exhibition? Actually, I'm working on a series titled Sous le ciel de Shiraz, which means under the sky of Shiraz. Oh, and yeah, I'm referring to the specific sky of the second school of the miniature of um, Shiraz, which is the Persian miniature. And um, this specific sky, it's a um, dark blue with gold stars so i was thinking when you miss your home when you don't have the chance to go back there the only thing still looking the same is the sky it still looks the same so when you look at the sky you can feel you can 
feel you're walking in the streets in your city you will see the people that uh, you're missing because i have a lot this uh dreams that i'm going back to iran i'm always trying to i'm on the way to go home to see my mother but i never reach uh, i think a lot of people in exile they have the same dream so i'm just creating my stories under this sky and in the same time there is a part that i'm looking at my heritage um the things that i was not feeling related to also the, the, this project on the car it gave me this chance to find out i can be related to what i was not related because i'm referring also to the character of the book shahname it's a thousand years old book it's a very important uh, literature for uh, persian people and um especially for iranians um so these characters always they've been represented at, at, at as a certain image of toxic masculinity the image of how a man should be a strong man who goes to the fight and who goes to the war and he's always the winner i've never felt related to that i've never saw myself part of that and the most important thing it has a character which is the hero and in one of the fights he kills his son uh, without knowing that it's his son so this is the exact image of what is happening again this power of uh cis hetero men that they just decide the to behead the, the someone because they don't like that uh he's gay because they feel this ownership over their body and their identity they can just easily kill them um because they don't like it and after maybe they say oh it was a mistake and it is a mistake because they they really ha don't have the knowledge it's the lack of the knowledge that and the misinformation that is injected to the society by the government yeah. uh, that is causing all this so i've i felt related to this and what i'm doing it's like doing a giving a, a different image of it so in my stories and my paintings this hero is not the hero and the demons that usually this hero kills them are uh cooperating with my boys uh to just get rid of this hero <laughs> that who's killing oh his that's cool the, the flip yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> yeah i think that'll be really impactful and will mean a lot to a lot of people i hope and i think it also gives some interesting part for to the society here as well because mm -hmm. i felt questioned when i arrived here that okay you're doing european art we have the best of it in our museums what you have from your own heritage so there is always this look that they are searching for something exotic in your work there is this question always oh if it's an iranian artist then why it doesn't look iranian uh -huh. <laughs> so you're like yeah. well there you go here's yeah some, here's some persian stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> nadia was nadia has mentioned like you 
you said some people have like put pressure on you to like always have a certain meaning to your work because you're Lebanese and you're like no it's just like me making work as a Lebanese person but it's not like I know yeah, yeah. you kind of have brought that up before I think there's yeah I, I think in anyone anyone who's um placed in an identity category around their art making there's like a certain pressure to like prove it show it do it in a way that's like perceptible and really palatable for people rather than maybe whatever is just your way of doing things. Um, At least white people are always about, well, is your art about the war, about being a refugee or something? It's, they, they want the trauma porn. Yeah. And like what sometimes it, it yeah. is, sometimes it isn't. I don't know. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> um, yeah. no matter what, like for example, Ali Reza, like whatever you make, it could be described as like Persian art because of the artist, but like people have this really specific image of like, what is Persian art? What is Iranian art? Yeah. I will say yeah. even even though part of it is about like um, filling expectations, I am really interested in things that uh, use uh, like mythology and and tradition and old stories in ways that are like current and interesting. So what you're working on sounds really interesting anyway <laughs> yeah yeah it totally does. yeah love it but for me also it's very interesting um, to look back at it I, I think i needed sort of distance from it to be able to look at it when i was in iran i, I was not really able to look at the miniatures it was nonsense for me <laughs> but now i'm looking at it differently that makes sense yeah, yeah. I don't know I, I feel like it's a coping mechanism that uh happens like when we're removed from a environment our memories of it we kind of grasp to certain elements space. Yeah. yeah and it's like a different perception that we have at that point of like the same thing it's like our way of staying connected to a important part of ourselves for for me it's like this i've for a while, actually, during the con the, the confinement, of, I think most of us we went through this sort of depression in different levels. Um, I've started just like crazy. I was uh, searching for whatever that comes from Iran on eBay and trying to buy it, um, as if I was collecting the part of me that it's broken it's like mm. you know all over the place and yeah. with collecting these things i was feeling like i'm taking back my parts um so yeah bringing it to to my work it helps much more effectively it's like because my work is way more closer to my soul and i feel more related to it but it was a very mixed emotions that again after all these years another occasion that I could be in a platform with some you know Iranian galleries when this happened I felt again you know refused again pushed out and it was sort of heartbreaking but the the, the support I received from the society um, it was amazing um so yeah it's like we, 
um, but we, we have all this mix mix of the feelings uh, and yeah. I think what we miss because of, we miss things even we start liking things that we've never liked before when we were there yeah that's that's so real yeah. it's it's yeah it's kind of hard. started raining oh what time yes. is it what time is it for you even is it like uh, 12 yes oh wow it's wow. 12 <laughs> god thanks for doing this midnight so in late. paris <laughs> it sounds like a movie midnight in paris yeah, <laughs> is that a movie uh yeah it that's a, a movie okay it is it's the woody okay. allen flick oh okay, okay. <laughs> well it sounded i don't really want to watch him anymore but well uh, yeah <laughs> we're doing our own we're doing our own midnight in paris right now a better a, much, a better one a much better one <laughs> yeah <laughs> Wow. Well, uh, where can people follow you online, um, like Instagram, anywhere else? I'm I'm very active on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is my name. It's alireza.shojayan. And alireza, it's A-L-I-R-E-Z-A dot S-I-H-O-J-A-I-A-N and um, my website also it's exactly my name without that it's irisashojayan.com so these are two places that um i'm active i share my work uh it's always up to date and voila we all share that experience daily experience of having to spell our names to people <laughs> yes <laughs> Especially in France, with the changing like the different pronunciations of the letters, I always make mistakes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Because it's the yeah, same letters, just but the letter not, pronunciation. They say them different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's confusing. And some are very similar. <laughs> yeah, some are too like similar. Like O and E are like very similar, and I'm not really able to pronounce them well. I always and I have them in my name. Because <laughs> there's one that's like, I can't even say it. I think Nadia can say it well. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay, remember the other, actually recently I was like, oh, Nadia knows French or like studied French. I don't French. know French. And I don't, I don't know, know where I, I don't know where I got that from. <laughs> because anyway. we expect uh, a lot of people, a lot of Lebanese people, they have this, as actually people who speak yeah. arabic they have the the sound of uh the, the extra sounds for we, especially we like levantine areas you know it's different than than french vowels um mm. i speak zero i will i tried to learn french on duolingo once I, 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 maybe that's what i remembered <laughs> anyway um ellie's mom ellie's mom speaks french ellie also who is also <laughs> lebanese um and oh my god, with the genders, I always mix it. Mm. They're like, like everything objects. has a gender. And yeah, uh, it's yes. so confusing. You... Like, yes. And German, <laughs> and then like German has some, like three possible genders to their nouns. I'm just like, come on, <laughs> this is too much. Okay, this is something which like I know in theory, but it gets me every time. Like how much Farsi sounds like English. Which like uh, yes, it's in the same language category. I know this, but I'm like, it looks like Arabic. Why doesn't it sound like Arabic? 
<laughs> yeah. Like every like, time yeah. my brain just does that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah true. Like yeah. the script looking similar, the sound so more. I know those are like related, English, but it gets me yeah. every time. Yeah. <laughs> but what I like about Farsi is like the objects that they don't have um, gender, and even for the for the pronouns, we we don't have gender. It's like we use same pronoun oh, for yeah. different. I, remember... I think that's yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. We don't have he yeah. or she. We use the same word for both. That's really yeah. cool. That's, that's convenient. Actually, for a while, I had to buy uh, two baguettes instead of one because I was not sure if it's an baguette or it's un baguette. So oh. I would prefer <laughs> to say do baguettes. Oh, I hope they I hope they were good. So at least two was nice. Were nice yes. to have. Yes, the baguettes are good here. <laughs> oh my god. Uh... But now I know that uh, baguette is feminine. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Yes. Oh, is it the E at the end or there's no rule? I don't, I don't know. Are you challenging my dick? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yes, I think there is. Yeah. Okay. Because we pronounce the T. Yeah. Mm, like okay. There is Baguette. the E at the um, any French speakers out there, don't judge me. I just, just laugh like, at us. Please just laugh, laugh at, at all us. of us. <laughs> Neither me. After three years, still, I'm challenging. So I'm sorry, it's difficult. This language is difficult. Weird. With all respect, I love it, but it's difficult. Yeah. Especially when, like, half of the word isn't pronounced. Like, yes. half of the written word. It's just like yes. you cut off. Yeah, I'm like, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, well, um, you all can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Queer Arabs, and our email is thequeerarabs at gmail.com. Our website is thequeerarabs.com. Thank you.